Welcome to Behind the Mic, a show that spotlights WBOI volunteer hosts and the programs they produce. I'm Ben Clemmer. On today's episode, we'll listen in on a conversation between Behind the Mic host Julia Meek and her guest Bruce Reidenbach. He co-hosts the show The Friday Vibe with Bill Forsyth. You can hear it live on 89.1 every Friday night from 8 to 11 p.m. This interview was originally recorded in July of 2016. Bruce Reidenbach, welcome. Hi. You've been spinning those jazz discs on Friday nights here on WBOI for 33 years now. 33 years. Can you believe it? It's (laughs) been a good run. (laughs) Let's go back to the basics for a second. When and why did your love affair with that genre begin? It happened in college. I started out in college. Every time I took an exam, I would buy a record. That was my way of rewarding myself for getting through an exam. And one time I walked in there and bought Heavy Weather by Weather Report. And it was a life changer. Did you have a clue what you were going to be hearing when you I knew in? about Birdland. I had heard that song before and I liked it, but that wasn't the song that convinced me that I liked jazz. It was the one that followed it called A Remark You Made. I probably got four to eight bars into that song and it was like seeing the faces instead of the vase for the first time. And it was like, oh my gosh, I need to find out more about this whole body of jazz. And that's how it all started. What a great story. And you were bit, it sounds like. Bit oh, bad. absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was, like I said, a life-changing moment. So what did lead you to take this patient into the studio and climb behind the microphone? In high school, we had a small little 10-watt exciter. And one of my study halls, I did radio there and kind of got bit by the bug at that point. So I knew Tim Hogan from his days at Karma Records on North Anthony, Mm -hmm. and I was traveling to California a lot, and I would listen to K-Jazz out there and write all this stuff down of all the things I liked, and I'd come back and I'd order it from Tim. And he said, hey, you got to listen to this, you know, the local station and all this stuff. And at one point listening to the station, I thought, I think I can do this. So I got a hold of Dennis Grigar. And the rest is kind of history from there. A great history it is, too, because you're bringing up some of our pillars of the earliest days of jazz here at at the radio station. And good for you. Does the immediacy of live radio fire up your content and or your DJ style, do you think? You know, I never really think about live radio anymore. Probably in the early days, I would always come in with a little bit of butterflies. And I don't know when that stopped. It wasn't soon after. It took years for that to happen. I guess I just don't really think about it as being live radio anymore. I have done some pre-recording here from time to time, and I've found that when you get the chance to rewind the tape and start over, you tend to make more mistakes. So what I like about live radio is the moment is here and it's gone and you're moving on to the next moment. And that's kind of fun. Interesting. Apparently it works for you and you certainly have a lot of fans, but that does bring up another question too. I know they'll tell anybody that's broadcasting to just picture somebody out there listening, especially you're talking to a specific person. And you certainly know that you have the regular listeners and followers, which you are talking to directly on a live show. When you do record, just out of curiosity, is it hard to muster up that live vibe feeling? Yeah, it is in a way. I think there is probably that sense of immediacy is gone and it just becomes a little more rote. It's kind of hard to describe. It's like I said, when you can rewind the tape, everything's different. Keep doing what you're doing. I I would suggest that because it's so entertaining. So you do span roughly six decades of jazz style on your shows. Is there a personal favorite era in there for you? 
I would have to say that probably the Miles Davis era that started in the mid-50s and went up through the early 60s is a favorite of mine. I think that whole time with Miles and Bill Evans and Cannonball Adderley and, I mean, all those guys, it's just a wonderful time for jazz then. I actually came up more in the progressive jazz era, so more Weather Report, Pat Metheny, things Mm -hmm. like that. And the funny thing about jazz is, is once you start to take this journey to learn about jazz, what you find out is that everything is connected. It's wheels within wheels. And so I listen to Pat Metheny. I find out about Lyle Mays. From Lyle Mays, I find out about Bill Evans. From Bill Evans, I find out about Miles Davis. And it just goes on and on and on. And it's, it's fun. It's fascinating just to kind of play this investigative role to find out <laughs> who knew who, who listens to who, who copies who, and just to get this big breadth of music out of it. Does it make you feel um, attached to them somehow because you do share their music? In a way, yeah. I feel that my role here is a role of exposing people to music that they wouldn't ordinarily get to listen to. So it's kind of one of these things where, as we say during the fundraisers, you go up and down the dial, you're not going to hear this stuff. And so what I like to do is I like to be able to play some new stuff, play some old stuff. I know that there are people coming through that they'll say, who is this? Mm -hmm. And then maybe they can start their own personal journey of discovery from it. And that's what I want to do. That's a great point. And you do it very well. Okay, you alternate Friday evening vibes with Bill Forsyth, another wonderful host. Did you two know each other before Bill joined the crew? No, I did not. He just, he showed up once, you know, when we started to do Friday nights alternating between the two of us. And we have a pretty decent connection between the two of us. When we do the fundraisers together, we just have this rapport. You do. And when you're alternating shows, you each keep true to your own passions and loves of jazz, but they certainly complement each other. Absolutely. That's, again, just a serendipitous musical moment. (laughs) It's two puzzle pieces that form the picture kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. So you guys call your offerings easy to listen to, but definitely not easy listening. Would you elaborate on that? Yeah. When we were coming up with the Friday Vibe, Bill came up with the name, by the way. Thanks, Bill. That was a great name. That was really good. We emailed back and forth forever trying to come up with that. We needed to write kind of a show bio. Mm -hmm. And that struck me as maybe a good way of describing what we listen to. What I mean by that is that this music isn't offensive. You know, it's not going to grab you by the throat and shake you around kind of thing. It's, It's more to listen to instead of being attacked by. At the same token, though, I don't want to call it easy listening music because that's something completely different. Indeed, that's, and it does and not this fall is in not that, that right. Mm-hmm. Easy listening music doesn't have the complexity of jazz. Jazz, it's something that's very accessible. You can listen to it at a very light level. You hear these melodies, you hear these harmonies, everything's great. But you can also dissect it and really get into the complexities of the harmonies underneath it. It's really a great art form where you can have different levels of listening activity. And the other thing that's really interesting about it is you can listen to a song for a hundred times and that hundred and first time you'll hear something you've never heard before. That's a good explanation of a wonderful brand that you like to put on the show and you guys live up to it. So good for you. This is a labor of love and you've put in a lot of Friday nights over these (laughs) last 33 years. Does it ever wear on your social schedule? Oh gosh, you know. I'm kind of past that now, I guess, on social schedules. There are Friday nights where I'm here where I could be someplace else, but there's not a lot of that that happens. So (laughs) if there's something that has to happen where I 
can't do it. Either Bill and I will flop or Bill will sit in for me. I'll sit in for him, whatever. We, we kind of can do that when we have conflicts on a Friday night. And otherwise, feels good to be here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He wouldn't uh, be here. <laughs> right. Like I said before, once radio gets in your blood, it never leaves. Good. And I hope it never does. It <laughs> uh, seems to course nicely through your veins and yes. come out the microphone. So speaking of microphones, just what do you do when you're not behind the mic? Well, it became an empty nester for the most part about two years ago. And at that time, I decided that I would pick up the piano again. Um, not literally, um, but <laughs> <laughs> that would be hard. But I played piano back when I was in high school and gave it up for 30-some years and decided I wanted to learn to play jazz piano. And so I've been doing that. That's definitely a time consumer. But, a but it's fun. It's a good one. It's nice to be able to pick up a new talent now and again. You don't do it too often anymore. So it's, it's nice to be able to do that. And I am curious, when you did play back in high school, did that overlap with your jazz passion? Did you actually No, it was classic. Jazz? It was classical music. Okay. It was the standard kind of classical, I mean, you know, recitals we mm -hmm. would do at the time. It was called Nisbova. Now it's called Isma. And uh, I was able to go to state twice, which was, I didn't think a big deal, but I guess it was at the time. <laughs> so yeah, who knows? Maybe there's some talent left here who, you know, we will find out. That's the thing is it's another journey. What I'm doing now is, is seeing what I can do. Especially good for you because you came back after 30 years of not playing. That takes some courage, but also the perk would be that you get to now really dabble in what seems to be one of your all-encompassing favorite genres. Yes. My very first lesson that my piano teacher, Eric Clancy, asked me, why are you doing this? And I said, I want to find out why I like this music. And he said, are you sure? Sometimes when you find out why you like something, you don't like it anymore. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm an engineer by trade, and this is what we do. So... <laughs> Good for you. And also, what a wonderful teacher you have. Okay, I know what great Friday vibes you share with your listeners, especially being one myself. But now I'd like to know, what vibe do you get from it all? I just find being able to play this form of music so rewarding. Ray Brown said once when he was here, it's always stuck with me and resonated with me. He said on stage, please don't let this music die. And I'm trying my darndest to keep this music from dying. I love jazz. I absolutely positively love this art form. And I just want to share it with everybody. Bruce Reidenbach is alternating host of WBOI's Friday Night Vibe along with Bill Forsyth. Bruce, thank you so much for giving us some of your show prep time, and uh, here's to your own great vibe. Well, thank you very much, Julia. Behind the Mic is hosted and produced by Julia Meek. You can find other Behind the Mic conversations at WBOI.org or wherever podcasts are found, and be sure to tune in to 89.1 FM for more NPR news and diverse music. Our music is by Mark Waldick. Thanks for listening.
from WBOI Fort Wayne.